Meow. Good. We do have some animals here. Hi. Um, who can spell intercession? Go. That's a fight, right? I-N-T-E-R-C-E-S-S-I-O-N. Yes, yes, we do have an expert in the audience, or the panel, or something. Um, intercession, I like it, it's cool. I like it, when I like it a lot when people intercede for me. Um, I, I can actually say everybody on this panel has interceded for me before, so um, that's cool, I like it. Um, but probably my favorite story, I'm gonna balance here in my PJs. Um, my favorite story is um, Solomon interceding for us when he dedicated the temple. See, um, David wanted to build a temple for God, but he had too much blood on his hands. He fought too much, and God said, no, but I'll let your kid do it. So Solomon was David's kid. <coughs> and uh, Solomon prayed this prayer for us, um, that basically God would listen to us just like he did Israel. So I'm going to read it for you. It's um, 1 Kings 8 verse 41 if you have your Bible so this is Solomon praying to God and this is like way down in his prayer but um, you'll get the point moreover concerning a stranger who is not of your people Israel but comes from a far country that would be us um, for the sake of your name and your active presence for they will hear of your great name your strong hand and outstretched arm. When that stranger shall pray in or toward this house, here in heaven, your, your dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger asks of you, so that all peoples of the earth may know your name and your revelation of your presence, and fear and revere you as do your people Israel, and may know and comprehend that this house which I have built is called by your name and contains the token of your presence, okay? We are spiritual Israel. That means we were not actually born as Israelites in the line of um, the Jewish lineage, but we are spiritual Israel. And so we have an inheritance according to the promises of God. Paul said all the promises of God have an answer that is yes in Christ Jesus. So if we believe on Christ, then all the promises of God are ours. So intercession is um, exactly what Solomon just did. You're praying for something, a nation, a person, and it's someone that you know, someone you may not personally know. You're trying to effect a change on their behalf. Jesus is the coolest intercessor because he intercedes on our behalf. And then the Holy Spirit actually kind of translates for us when we're praying because sometimes we don't really know all the core details and he'll kind of translate and say, this is what really means. So um, anyhow, we're going to let the um, panel take over and... It'll go pretty much as yesterday. Everybody will tell a little bit about themselves, their experience, um, and then you guys will have a chance to have questions. Um, try and think of your questions while they're talking because it may spark some thoughts for you. And intercession is a topic that I don't hear spoken about a lot in a lot of circles. So there may be a lot of questions or there may be no questions. So if you think of a question, hold it as a treasure and don't forget it and ask it because you'll help other people with your question. All right? go alphabetically I guess not really I'm Andy nice to meet you guys yes 
As you just heard, we're here to talk to you guys about intercession this morning. Um, intercession really began for me last summer. I went on a missions trip uh, to Plovdiv, Bulgaria, and to Czech, the Czech Republic in a city called Prague. And before we went, we had a bunch of training sessions where we would pray over the nations uh, and the kids that we were going there. And we got the names of the pastors, and we really began to pray over their lives and uh, just for change to take place even before we got there. And what the essence of what we were doing in during that season of intercession was planting seeds so that when we went over there, uh, there was already a work that had already begun. So for me, that's kind of how, you know, I knew prayer. Uh, you know, when I was younger, we would all climb into my parents' bread and pray before we went to go to sleep. I don't know if you guys did that or anything. We would sing Bible songs and stuff. But uh, for me, intercession really began last summer. So it's something that's recent for me, but uh, it's it's a gift. It's a It's a desire that since then God has really stirred within me, and he's really put a passion and a desire in my heart to to uh, see be imparted to young kids like you to a whole generation. So, Hi, everybody. I'm Luke. Hi, Luke. <laughs> um, intercession. Well, that didn't really start meaning much for me until I really started to seek God. I went to... Um, we go to the one thing this year in Kansas City it and it was the more I devoted my life and myself to God and the more God puts his burdens on your heart um, especially through worship like we talked yesterday when you really abandon yourself and worship God and give your everything to him then he places his desires on your heart for other people and then you start to pray and just intercede for them out of your caring for them because you I don't know anybody truly likes to see people hurt but if some God places a desire on your heart and you're running after him you want to pray and help that person along and push them forward with everything that's in you that's what's I've been experiencing, and I hope everybody here gets to experience that. Hi, I'm Joel. Hi, Joel. Thanks, guys. Good to be. Um, there's a difference between intercession and prayer, and we just want to talk a little bit about that. Um, prayer can be um, heated and passionate, but it um, there's a direct line. For me, personally, um, intercession didn't have a lot of relevance until a couple years ago when I realized I actually saw um, visions of people that had been interceding for me. And it changed, it radically transformed how I viewed uh, the growth process. And anybody here that wants to uh, um, move forward in God, you're not going to do it alone. And even if you at first don't know, that there are people that are specifically interceding for you and uh, literally tearing down strongholds that you yourself can't overcome. Um, that's happening behind the scenes. When you see it, it will really humble you and you'll, um, you'll realize that the, the ground that you've gained isn't something that you've gained, but someone 
that loves you, cares for you, and is on a uh, a higher spiritual plane or somewhere that that is overseeing your life is actually doing for you. It's a humbling experience, um, but it's very different than prayer. Uh, I, I believe anybody can pray, and I think um, even most people could even sim- uh, intercede in a simple format. I think it moves from simple to complex uh, to where it starts um, very simple where you can just take your, your head knowledge, but the, the essence of intercession is God's burden on you for a person or a nation or a situation. And when you start, if you when you start doing that, it'll 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 be start as start out as uh, intercession and then lead to prophecy, and it, you'll actually end up, um, whether it's over a nation or, or sometimes in the Bible there's uh, some um, there's some uh, judgments against nations um, through intercession, which uh, is a prophetic sign, and uh, what they do is is uh, obey the Lord, the burden of the Lord, and when that happens, it literally is uh, a sign to the people, um, whether it's seen by the people or not. There's a couple stories I want to share, but we'll get into that. Hey, I'm Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi. Um, I started interceding probably last year in the summer and the mission trip that we went to in Brazil. But I didn't really get into it until like a couple months later, I guess. Like I wasn't really into it. I was just like, oh, I guess I did it a couple of times. But I didn't really know when it really started for me because I guess it just came like during worship. That's my favorite time to intercede. It's during worship when it's all loud. And I'm like right by the speakers at our church because they're like really big and I just go there so nobody can hear me. Or I like to think that nobody can hear me. And just um, when God places something in your heart, you should keep it as a treasure. Don't just let it go because God has a reason for putting it in your heart. Like a situation or an issue or somebody to pray for or to intercede for. And I don't know, it just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just so heavy sometimes. And I just, it's just like, oh God. And. I don't know. I just I love it during worship because it like comes together and sometimes I'm like interceding for something and then they start singing about that exact same thing and I'm like, yeah, it's so cool. So I don't know. Hi, I'm Heather. So um, (laughs) the first time I started really interceding was last summer and it was it was like when they came back from Brazil they kind of like they were like on fire and like imparted it to everyone in our church and it was just like but um it like ever since then like the first time I really started interceding it's been kind of like going going and developing and it turned from simple intercession to like complex intercession where you're when you're interceding for not just a person like your friend or someone you know or someone who you're close to where you know what their their struggles are and you know what what they're going through but then you start interceding when you become closer with God you start interceding for people you actually don't like too much and that's like that's really what God has called us to do is intercede for those who we don't really like 
like God's called us to love people, but we don't have to like them because like, you can't force anybody to, you know, like if I didn't like somebody here, um, God's not going to force me to like him, but I have to love him and show him that love. And when you get closer to God, it's like your heart become your heart his heart's desire becomes your desires and his desire is is that everyone would be in a happy place and nobody would have to deal with this, the issues that they have to deal with so that's why he calls up like intercessors and stuff to intercede for them and like lately i've been like raise, rising up early in the morning because i'm i like to sleep in late because how many people here love to sleep yeah, figured that would be most of everybody, but I love to sleep. So it's like a sacrifice for me to get up early in the morning and go pray. And so I got up the other day early in the morning and I went down because we, our driveway is kind of long and like there's a little place on our land that is like secluded from the house so nobody can see you. And so like I designed that as my secret place where, where I can just come before God. And so I was, I was praying and I was just like weeping because whenever I get into his presence, I start weeping. It's just this weird side effect. So, um, so I'm sitting there and then I start like names of certain friends start to come into my head. And it's, it's like my dad has said to me that like everybody can pray for somebody. Like I can pray for my friends. Like, God, I pray that you would just like, just like be in their life and stuff and they would know you. But it's not it, it's not intercession until you care until God has put it in your heart to really care and then you have the the burden and and the like because God's heart is burned burdened for like all of us here and he um so like that burden and the, like the burning desire for us he puts it into other people's hearts and then when we get that that burning desire that's when we can intercede for others and. Like I was praying for a couple of my friends at school and I just graduated this year. So it was like, I'm not really going to see them again. So it's kind of sad. But, um, so I started interceding for my friends, like, especially like the friends I knew who had really like big issues. And, um, I started praying for them at first and then I started interceding for them and then I started prophesying to them. And it's kind of weird because it seems like why would, how could you prophesy to somebody when they're not standing right in front of you and but I started prophesying to like their spirit and it felt like they were right in front of me and I just like like the the father's love was being poured out through me and I just wanted to release it to them but there was two people there's two people in high school in particular well not to single them out or anything I'm not gonna mention any names but this one guy he's angry all the time he like and I'm not saying there's anything against like wearing black or dark makeup, if that's your style, then whatever. But, um, cause like I have friends who dress in black and stuff, but um, he's, you can, when you look at his face, you can see the anger and he's always tense and he's, it, it seems like his fists are always balled up and he's always ready to fight because he's got all this anger and, and resentment and unforgiveness built up in him. And so I've always, even like, freshman and sophomore year I was just kind of like okay he's weird and I do not want to get on his bad side and so I just kind of like really avoided him and just like yeah I don't really like him he's kind of weird and then there's this other girl who I didn't really know who I just thought was weird too and and every, all the girls would be like oh I hate her blah 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 and then you get caught up in the gossip because everybody gets caught up in the gossip and but it was just like towards the end of the year this year God started 
revealing, giving a revelation to me about them. Because it's really hard to start really caring for somebody until you until God gives you a revelation about them or what they've been through or what they're going through right now. So it was it was kind of intense for me because like I'm crying and you like the ugly cry where you're like mm, and it's not like the pretty like mm, tear tear. It's like the ugly wailing cry where you're like ah, God. Like I do that a lot, but um, <laughs> but it was just so intense because I'm praying and I'm crying for this person who previously in the year I had not liked and I had not had a like a revelation about them. And so that's my long story. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions yet? You guys understand the difference between intercession and prayer? Sort of. No? I'm still learning it too. Well, um, what's that? Um, you, everybody, has anybody been to like a prayer meeting where you're in a group of people and everybody's like holding hands and you're praying? And you can pray about topics and even there's certain corporate prayers that you can pray where everybody's on the same topic. Um, I haven't seen, there's very few times that I've seen a time of intercession like that. Um, it happens, uh, intimacy is, is produced when you're praying together. So as you guys begin to pray, you grow into uh, a more intimate relationship with each other. Uh, you've probably heard the statement, families that pray together stay together. That's, that's, uh, it's a true statement because it breeds intimacy, and intimacy is one of the things that cultivate relationships. It connects people in their lives. And uh, I, we used to go down to the river um, at their house. That's where we had church for a few years. And uh, that's where I first watched my pastor really intercede for people. And it's, it's something that was I was kind of taking in and learning. And it was a definite difference. And we could all pray about a topic, and it could be almost like a discussion um, to God. You're lifting it up to God. But then there's a point where you get to where it's you're no longer praying uh, about or for someone, but you're actually taking ground for them. And it turns into almost like a, a warfare or a battle uh, for that person. It might not be... Um, that popular of a, of a topic, but as you grow in God, it's, it's also something that can be imparted to you. Um, as you grow in maturity with your, in your relationship with God, you, you, have, you guys all have friends, right? People that you care about. It, it, becomes, something, it becomes something that you can do for them. And uh, if they're close friends, you know about the, uh, the ups and downs of their life because we all have ups and downs. And you can... Um, you can pray for them, which is good. Um, but then when you start spending alone time for them um, in your closet, like Jesus said, when you go into your closet and pray, you start getting God's burden for them. And even the people, like she was saying, that you don't like, that you even might dislike a lot or who rub you the wrong way or really get on your nerves or offend you or even are seemingly against you, you can begin to... Um, pray for them in, a, in an intercession format 
much like Jesus Christ does for us at the right hand of the Father. While we were yet enemies to God, he loved us, he died for us, and now he's placed in a position where he's continually making intercession for us. And like I said before, it's, it's a humbling thing, and if you read some of the, the stories in the Bible that of the people that heard God's voice and did intercession on uh, a nation's behalf or for a king or for someone of importance, they, they were really out there. Um, one story I wanted to share is, is Ezekiel. Um, God told him to lay on his side for 390 days, his left side, as a, as a prophecy and for intercession for one day for every year of, of disobedience. And then to turn over and to lay on his right side for 40 days. So that's, that's like a year and two and a half months. That's a long time to lay on your side. And they said to prepare um, uh, the bread beside him so that he wouldn't have to get up. And it goes further into that. And there's, it's pretty intense, the, uh, the level of, of what God was asking him to do. But he did that as a sign and as an intercession for, um, to, and in the sight of the people. So all the people in the city could see that. So some of the things that you might end up doing during intercession or that God might, as you grow into it, call you to do will be weird to our natural mind. But it's literally, um, it's literally strength and breaking down. Either it's either prophesying, it turns into a prophecy, or it's literally, um, it it sets the stage for what God wants to do. And He He's placed us in the earth to be able to take that position because He's given us dominion here on earth. And that's so it doesn't seem like sometimes it seems like well God's all powerful why can't He just do it. And, and he has able, he's able to, but he chooses to work through earthen vessels, clay vessels like ourselves. And as we start becoming who God wants us to be, as we grow in God, it starts becoming um, pretty much natural for us. I know for me, I get up and I go to our church and I pray um, almost every morning. And uh, how many people get up early? You guys got school and stuff? What's the earliest person? What's the earliest? I have a point here. Because if you read through the Bible, there's men and women of God who rose early to pray. And Jesus Christ did it. And it's a, it's a topic. Watchman Nee, when he first got saved, all the things, all the people, in his, the older ladies in his church were saying, when do you get up? When do you go up? It was such a big deal to them. And it doesn't seem like such a big deal. But those hours are very, very precious. Rick Joyner says that, that 15 minutes in the morning is more valuable than three times that time later in the day because it's so pregnant with opportunity. So I would encourage you to, um, even if it's 15 minutes, to start somewhere, even get up earlier than you need to get up to go to school or if it's during the summer to go hang out with your friends or whatever you're doing and spend that time praying. And it'll cultivate a relationship with God in prayer and it'll turn to intercession. And you're going to see people that you care about, literally their lives turned around. You can see things change in their lives they'll be more receptive you will even get words for them you'll get encouragement for them and uh it's it'll turn into the people that you already care about it'll start it'll really start being practical and then the people that you don't um care about that god cares about he'll start giving you a revelation of those people what they've been through the uh the things that you can't see naturally and it'll literally um you'll you'll have love for them because you'll see them as God sees them and that will enable you to love them doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you'll have to like them 
but uh, you'll you'll be loving them the way Jesus loved them. I want, the only other share, story I wanted to share is when uh, I forget the prophet's name, but he went to the king and he said to strike the ground, and uh, is, is it Elijah? I think it's Elijah, but I'm not exactly sure. And he told the king to strike the ground with the staff. He handed him a staff and said, "Strike the ground." And the king, I mean, it's, sound, it's just weird. He's like, okay. And he's striking the ground. And then uh, and then he, he stopped. And Elijah said, why didn't you strike the ground more? Because you only struck the ground three times. And you can imagine, I mean, everybody's kind of looking at him like, okay, what's this doing? But in heaven, things might, or things are different than what we see here. <laughs> Should have wore a white shirt. But, uh, but they, he literally was... Um, declaring victories by hitting the ground. And uh, the prophet then said, because you only struck the ground three times, you only have partial victory. And the king's like, what? And I'm reading it thinking, that's so unfair. He didn't know. But but it was, God, God uses situations like that to reveal the heart. And if he had just obeyed and even went over and above, um, then the prophet could have told him to stop. Okay, okay, you destroyed all your enemies, as opposed to now you only have partial victory. And that's, I mean, that literally determined his life. And the things that you guys can walk into with uh, intercession can determine your lives uh, and your loved ones, the people that you love, your friends, even your family, eventually one day your kids as well. I have a question. <laughs> so what if you don't even like to pray? Like how, how do you get to a place of intercession if you don't? think prayer is cool or it's like it seems old-fashioned how, how do you get to a place of intercession if you if it's hard for you to even like pray how could you get there So you're asking, like, what if you don't like to do it? Like yeah, like it's it's time to pray, and you're like, man, I don't even enjoy praying. And 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 you guys are talking about beyond prayer, like yeah. intercession. How how, what's a good starting point? All right. Um, well. Or can you even like share how you got to that place? Well, I, yeah, I can share like two things. Like, does anybody know who Mike Bickle is? <laughs> well, does anybody know what IHOP is? Okay, well, it's well, it's the International House of Prayer, and they've been doing 24-7 nonstop prayer for like set almost eight years now. And Mike Bickle, who's the head of an International House of Prayer where they're doing prayer all the time, said when he was younger, he did not like to pray. And he, like, but he would force himself. He would just get in a room, like, even like, Personally, I didn't like to pray because I was like, I don't know what to say. And even now, like, you, you sometimes feel like you don't know what to say. You just don't know what to do. But, like, a lot of times if you just repeat one thing over it, like, it, it doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer. God can see your heart. And he sees 
what you what your desires are and if you can't articulate that then it's not that big of a deal like you don't have to like cover all this in one prayer like sometimes when I go out to pray it's I'm only praying for one thing or I don't pray at all I just get in the presence of God and then, and then just like just like cry or something like that but like I force myself to get up because like at first it's not fun it's not like you just get into it like yeah praying is so fun but you you it's, it comes with a desire. You have to desire it, and you have to want it. But, um, and that also goes with, like, if you haven't, ex- like Tiff was saying the other day, like, if you haven't ex- had an experience with God, then it's kind of hard to really get into worship, and it's also kind of hard to pray because you don't know, you like, because um, you haven't, ex- you haven't experienced God yet, so you don't know what you want you don't know what like you know there's no like connection there so like personally for me I I've had experiences with God so as long as you seek after an experience with him it you're you start to desire even more and more to pray and um so that's kind of just um, another thing that really helps when you don't really like to pray and you don't know what to pray first if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit you can speak in tongues and that helps when you don't know what to pray. Or you can pray scripture. You open up your Bible. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then you just, you read a verse, something that God shows you, or you just open it up in a random place. Psalms is really good when you want to pray because it all, like, glorifies God. And David had such a passion for God, and it's such so, it's, it's so awesome. And so when you want to pray, just open up your Bible and get a verse, and you just pray that verse. And you and God's going to start revealing Himself, and He's going to increase the knowledge of Him. And as you get closer to Him, He's going to reveal His heart to you, and He's going to reveal the issue, like the things that He, that hurt His heart, like stuff that really hurts Him when people do that kind of stuff. And then you can intercede for those people, and you can make God happy. Yeah. I have a question for you, John. How do you get a cheeseburger? There you go. You could. In our society, you go to McDonald's or Burger King or Hardee's. Um, you, you, for me, the, the simplicity of that question is you put yourself around someone that knows how to pray. That's what I did. I didn't really know how to pray. A couple years ago, I'd been saved for many years. I loved Jesus. Worshiped to, I've been worshiping for, like, really abandonedly worshiping for four or five years. And uh, um, f- four years ago, I had a son, and that helped, because pressure always re- reveals character, and I saw that I didn't have a whole lot, and uh, I saw the people in the Bible did, and they prayed to get it. So uh, I put myself around a man that was seasoned in prayer. So that's that's the best way that I know for you guys to under to, to gain a prayer life, um, to get a prayer life. And I watched him, and it became took a it took a few months. We'd get up at five and go to pray at the river at 5 every Sunday morning. And uh, the first month was a sacrifice, and then after that it became my favorite part of my week. And I literally couldn't imagine not going. Like, something happened and couldn't go, which wasn't very often. I I was sad. I was like, man, and I longed for it. And what what was a sacrifice at first became uh, a huge blessing. So if you don't know 
um, really, you don't have a really good understanding understanding about prayer or what we're talking about. Find someone that you believe does or that you see has a, a, a relationship with God that's better than yours and get around them and spend, put yourself around them. Uh, make yourself available to when they, uh, the times that they've set aside for either prayer or um, times like that. And it will, it'll, uh, it'll almost be a natural transfer. You, you go to McDonald's and you just say, give me a cheeseburger and they don't look at you with it. They just give you one. You just pay them, you know? And so it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, you can make it complicated, and you. There's some people are like real self-starters, and they, you can re- do a study in the Bible of people that that had dynamic prayer lives, like Daniel and people like that. And watch the look at their lives. Look what they did to get that. That's another way. So you can you can read and definitely be um, inspired by that. There's also great books of men and women of God that are some of them are still alive today, that went after something and got it. So seek and you will find knock and the door will be open yeah, i wanted to add a little bit to what deborah was saying about um opening your bible mike pickle says that if you can if the word and prayer are so connected and that's ihop's really gotten a revelation of that and uh if you can open up this book and my bible is open to second timothy chapter two say i'm reading in that and i read something and it strikes a chord in my heart just take a minute and stop and really pray that prayer in your own life like turn your reading this Bible into a conversation with God and you'll begin to hear him. Because some people are like, how can I pray things that are on God's heart if I can't even hear him? You know what I mean? And once you begin to read his word, like praying his word and reading it is so connected to being able to hear what God's doing in the spirit, what he desires to do through you in your life. So that's something that I would encourage you to do. Uh, that uh, Mike Bigel is a prow- powerful intercessor, powerful man of prayer. He says, that just a simple way he's talking about the power of a of a prayer life and when you begin to develop that you begin to see real growth take place in the spiritual realm realize also it's going to take time don't don't get discouraged if it's not like oh all of a sudden i'm not praying like this person i prayed with eric my pastor for two and a half years before i even felt comfortable praying out loud on a in a in an intercession type way where I started getting, like I would say things and, and you just force yourself to speak. But then until it became real, I, I was like, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to just, I don't want to just copy what he's doing. And, and that's a legitimate concern. But I can't stress enough. Uh, I think someone already said it, but oh, my wife said it yesterday about worship with our son. You don't care when it's your child and you guys are children of God. So when Anything you do, even if you're mimicking the person next to you, God's like, that's my son, that's my daughter. And that is important to him. And, and if you're, he looks at your heart, he sees that you're trying. I don't look at my son's action and go, yeah, he saw his friend Abel do that. I look at his heart and the individual little person that he is, and it just blesses me, just the things that he does. So start with what you know, and you'll, you'll gain more, and that's a great way, too. Other questions? I wanted to add a couple things to go down the list that I was making before. Um, Eric, our pastor, when he first started talking to to me personally about intercession, he began to say that when you're eating, when you're interceding for someone, it it's an actual like you're bearing your chest before God. You're going before heaven on their behalf. Um, 
I've written here that going before the Lord on the behalf of another, it's specific prayer with power to change and shift both the natural and the spiritual realm. And I'm going to give a couple examples. Like some of you guys might be like, okay, so how do we begin to intercede? Uh, if you guys have the gift of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues is a great way. Uh, there's not, you know, it's utterances in the spirit realm that you won't, you know what I mean? You're just, you're just praying in the spirit. That's what praying in tongues is. Yeah. And praying in the spirit, the Bible says in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we ought not know what we should pray. It says we don't even know what we should pray, for as we should. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, which it's, it prays with God's own God's heart, even though we don't understand it. Um, so that's encouraging. Just pray if you... Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, and that's how you start interceding. Okay. And 27 says, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, when you begin, ha I want to be like Jesus. Anybody else want to be like Jesus? Jesus Christ right now is standing, is sitting next to the Father making intercession for us. When you start, it's a, it's not a road that everybody's going to walk. It's going to be a hard road, but if you choose, if he's calling you into, if he's drawing you into that, and you choose that road, you will become like Jesus in a very, very realistic, practical way. Because he's doing that now. Um, you you will suffer for righteousness' sake in that, but it's it's glorious because this life is so short. It's in all of eternity is weighing in the balance of of the things that you might intercede for for what you're going to experience it might sound really heavy but the bar is high and jesus christ is is making intercession for us and as you grow in that and and learn it's a process but in a few years you could be interceding powerfully for even nations and that weighs heavy on the heart of god he he's looking at that and pouring out his blessings pouring out uh um per, He's he'll preserve you in that, and when you when you choose that path, then you, in a very uh, practical way, become just like Jesus Christ. That's a good story. Um, Jeremy is a friend of ours, um, and he, me and John, were at the river praying with Eric one one Sunday morning at like 5, 5.30, and uh, we just started getting this, uh, you can share anything if I leave anything out. Um, we started just feeling this burden for Jeremy, uh, a friend of ours who actually John lived with at the time, and he, he uh, we just started praying, I mean, violently for him. We were actually screaming and crying out saying, um, wake up, we're saying wake up. Rise up! Yeah, we were we were actually yelling "Rise up!" in unison, and and it became this really intense um, warfare intercession. And at the exact same time, Jeremy was ten miles away in his bed, and he was fighting. Uh, he was having a, a, a nightmare and a, a, a just a demonic dream, and he was he was uh, he just felt so dead and lifeless, like he 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 couldn't even move. He he was, I think he was even waking up 
but he wasn't even able to get up. He was just like, I think he said he could move his pinky or couldn't move at all at first. And then he just started hearing us or hearing just rise up, rise up in his spirit. And he, he started to be able to move his pinky and then his hand. And he could literally like, he was just going through a battle at that time. We had no clue that it was happening. We just got this burden for Jeremy and we started uh, praying for him and uh, crying out for him. And he said, by the end of, he said he could move a little bit more each time and screaming out, rise up or, or wake up. And he, he said by the end of like a few minutes later, he was standing on his feet with his hands in the air, um, yelling and screaming for victory. And, and he, was, he, was, he overcame uh, the thing he was going through and he didn't even know. And we talked to him later and we're like, what? We just thought we had this burden for, and he didn't shared the testimony at church later on that morning. And we're like, what the? A sword? He might have had a sword. Do you remember? Sorry, that was like four years ago. I can't remember exactly. Three or four years ago. But I know he, he was definitely up. If he had a sword, he was swinging it. But we were, it was cool because he was actually hearing what we were saying, and he was 10 miles away, which if you know physics, it doesn't work. Okay, we're talking about speaking in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, don't be like, oh, okay, I guess it's not for me then. I won't pray because I can't speak in tongues. Just Start praying so that God will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and you will start speaking in tongues. So if you don't speak in tongues, it's for you too. Um, um, what happens like in the spirit when you intercede? Like, why, why is it so important like they intercede? Like what happens? spiritual realm. Um, in the book of Daniel, it talks about when Daniel's, there's a story about, uh, it's in the book of Daniel, and it's about the guy named Daniel. And in the time, there was a spirit, a principality, uh, and they called it the Prince of Persia, who was reigning over that area at the time. And God spoke to Daniel, and Daniel began to pray. And as soon as Daniel spoke those words, it says that there was angels released in the heavenlies. And, uh, there was warfare that took place. So when intercession begins, what actually happens, if you have your Bibles with you, if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to read you 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says this. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of the flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the, over for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up, sets itself up against the truth, the knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and every purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So actually, when we're interceding, what's happening is warfare is taking place. So back to the story of Daniel, when he began to pray, there was angels and demons that were warring in the heavenly realms because one man opened his mouth and was praying the prayers of God. So, so when you're interceding, you have the power to release heaven over someone's life. You have the power to release angels to come and war over her life. And that's an awesome thing. So w when you're coming before God, when, you, when you're bearing your chest, when you're coming on the behalf of another, you're actually warring in the spirit realm. Does that answer your question? Can I say something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, okay. So... How many of you guys are passionate about something like sports or anything like that? Yeah? 
Okay. Uh, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever wanted something so bad? Like, say it's sports or whatever. You wanted to win so bad, you would do anything. Whatever it takes. You know, knock down, you'd start getting red cards and whatever, thrown out of the game just so that your team could win. Anybody can relate? Or if you wanted to go somewhere and your parents were like, no, and you're like, please, come on, please let me go, please. Anybody ever felt that? Would you say that you've ever felt a sense of desperation inside of you? Like you can relate to that, right? Well, that's what, that's what a lot of intercession is really when, when you feel something and it, it, it's like they're talking about, you know, God giving you this burden for your friend or something. And it's like, man, I have this desperation inside of me. I really, I'll do anything if that person could get saved or if this could happen or if that could happen. And um, I heard someone say one time that you need to pay attention to your tears as far as, like, if you're watching a movie. Let's say you're watching a movie, like, um, uh, <laughs> something where there's like injustice. Like last night, there was. You, did you guys watch the end of the spear? Would you say that there's a, there was injustice that happened when when they killed the the missionaries? There was injustice that happened. Did anyone's heart feel like, oh, man, I feel so burned, like burdened for that. Like that just grips me. Like you need to pay attention to the stuff that grips you like that. Even in the media, there's sometimes like. We were watching a movie, and, and the guy dies of cancer. I know they make it really dramatic, and the music is, you know, violins playing. And, but it really, it draws something out of you. And it's like that, that deep desire inside of you for justice and for what is right. And that's what God puts on your heart. He puts it there because he wants, he wants you to contend for it. He wants you to fight for it, you know? It's like, okay, if your grandma is dying of cancer, you're going to be way more um, excited about praying for healing than if it was like, someone in some other country that you don't know and someone said, oh, this person is dying of cancer, you'd be like, oh, that's sad. But if it's your mom or your grandma or something, you're going to be like, God, if you're, if you're the God who said you can heal people, then I want you to heal her. And you're going to start interceding. Like, that's where it's going to be birthed out of, a, a place of desperation. So, <laughs> God, we're desperate to get rid of the flies. <laughs> I just that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> just keep pacing. Come on. But um, so when I I, did, I hated to pray, okay, like I didn't like to hear my own voice out loud, like so so a good thing, I know this is going a few questions back, but um, I started writing. I would start to write my prayers to God. I'd, I'd write them out, and I'd get really like intense, like writing and writing. And then there was a place where it turned, and I and I could I started writing things that I wasn't really thinking about, and I would just be writing and writing, and I go back and read it, and I'm like whoa, that's totally God praying through me. That's totally God speaking to me. So for some of you, like, that might be a really good tool to start out by just writing, writing your prayers. You start writing your prayers, and then you just keep writing and, and, and just ask God to fill your mind with his thoughts. And that's where your intercession will be birthed. I know that's where it was for me. And a lot of it is in worship, like um, Deborah was saying. It comes out in worship, and you're like, oh, I feel this. Or, but really, pay attention to the things that your heart gravitates towards. Um, if it's small children starving in Africa, like, that's probably um, something that God's placed in you for the nations or for this nation or whatever it is. But just pay attention to those things. Any other questions? <laughs> just keep walking around.
Okay. Does anybody like is anybody aware of like the abortion issue? Like do you, you you know what it is, right? Come on, I need some feedback. If if you're aware of it, raise your hand really high. Okay, put your hands down. If anyone's not aware of it, raise your hand. It's I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh. Okay, that's good. All right. Um uh, okay. So I think they all raised their hand. All right. Um so we were at this one church. It's actually Tiff's like home church. But um but um this that issue's really been on God's heart because he longs to see um his children being able to be brought forth into this into this life and being able to to get the same rights as we do instead of not being wanted because right right and we've said all like all week like how he's like he thought about out about us before um before we were in the womb or anything so he's got like a plan and he's got dreams and visions for er each and every one of us and when a life is cut short so early like that um it really grieves him and th so like that issue is really like <sighs> burning on his heart so we were at this um at this church this big church called life center up in pennsylvania and they have this prayer room called the furnace and it's pretty cool it's got red walls reminds me of fire but um so me deborah erica christina larissa were you in there you weren't in there okay <laughs> okay but um we went in there and <laughs> we started we started, um, we started interceding for the babies in the womb, like the, the babies of the mothers who were thinking about getting abortion. And it was such an intense experience because it wasn't just we're like, oh, God, we just pray that, you know, that they, their lives would be brought forth and that. I didn't, I wasn't there at that experience, but the next time we had meeting at our church, they started screaming really intensely, and w and that was before that. It was like a manifestation, and they were screaming. I didn't like it. I was, it hurt my ears. I was like, oh gosh, change the pitch or something, because I mean it was really, really, it it, it was annoying. Like, I I I mean, you didn't want to just be like stop, because I mean it seemed something seemed like it had some weight, but at the same time it was like. It was really annoying and even painful, and uh, and when that kept going on, but they didn't really know why. And our pastor is is uh, real careful to shut things down until he knows where it's coming from. So he's like, okay, just let it, give it a little bit of time, and then then I guess you had, then you were at Life Center. Right. So like, so like, yeah. Just so during whip and stuff like that, like the Holy. Right, so like the Holy Spirit would would come on us, and we just start screaming, cause you know, like some people just like they, they like they'll shake or something like that. They'll manifest in a certain way, but it was it was weird to us too, because like you'd be praying, 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 and all of a sudden you'd break through something, and you'd start screaming this high pitched screaming, and, like hurt your lungs, and your lungs were burning. But like to like I'll ask her to share her feelings on this too. But like the feeling when we were screaming was like we were helpless. We couldn't do anything, and so we um, 
when we were up there in the furnace and we were screaming and we were crying and we were screaming and screaming and screaming and yeah then um I started screaming mommy 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 save me mommy 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 save me and then she started screaming then she started screaming Jesus 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 send someone to save me send someone to save me and she actually saw a vision of a little baby in a desert and and like darkness around them and stuff like that just dark things going on and so we start interceding for the babies in the womb that their mothers were thinking about you know aborting them so we were screaming because we all know that like first time a baby screams is when it comes out and that's like shows a sign of life or whatever but um so we started like screaming and screaming and crying and throwing ourselves on the floor and this is and that was truly how how god god put it on our hearts and that's how the babies were feeling and so it was like my dad kind of said like an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap so here's god up here and say here's the babies over here who have no control and you're standing in the gap and they have no voice they have no way of saying i'm alive i'm alive i'm alive i'm in here i can feel it i can feel it so um so you're standing in that gap and you're interceding and you're interceding and you, you just, it's such a helpless feeling and you, you can't do anything. You can't, you don't want to, it's just, it's like such a hopeless, like, because that's the way they feel. And, um, do you want to share more on that? Okay. So, um, then we were, um, um, at a, um, a park. Yeah, we are at a park having this like youth meeting and Deborah saw some things. Right. So we're having this youth meeting thing at the park and we actually we started just playing cuz it was before it started and we just started to play some more she started to play like the beginning of a song, a Misty Edwards song. Do you guys know who Misty Edwards is? She's an awesome worship leader. But anyway, yeah. We she started playing the beginning of one of the songs. And we just started making weird noises, like weird animal noises, because the Spirit of God fell on us. And that's just the manifestation that we got, and it was really weird, and we didn't want to freak anybody out. So we went out into this place where nobody could see us. And then when we were there in that place, we started praying for the meeting. And <laughs> we started pr when, we, when we started praying for the meeting, I started speaking in tongues, and I could not stop. I couldn't close my mouth, and I could not speak English. Yeah, they didn't know about that stuff, so they were like, what is going on here? Like, what is she saying? What? Yeah, they probably don't believe in tongues, and they probably think it's something bad. But anyways, I was just praying, and I couldn't stop it. And our pastor, Eric, he was like, um, you should stop that because they don't really believe it. Can you just keep it down a little bit? And I'm, like, being really loud and, like, speaking in tongues. I'm like, I couldn't stop. Like, I couldn't close my mouth. And it was really weird. And then, yeah, and then... <laughs> And then I started doing this like little hand motions as if I was like speaking to things and I was like this is weird. I'm what am I doing? Cuz it was like it wasn't like big things. I'm like Ugh. it was like little. It was like on the ground cuz I was sitting on the ground. And I was talking to them and I was like I was like yeah, in tongues. I don't know what I was saying. I was just doing little hand motions and I was like talking to them and it was like they were little and then he's like okay, it's time to go for the meeting. <laughs> and we all got up and I like I got up and I'm like come on. But I was doing this in tongues and I was just like going like this to the little things and they were little so it's like why are they little it's it's like angels yeah they were angels i figured that out later because 
I'll get to that part of the story. But I didn't know at the time what I was doing. My hands were just going like this, and I was just like saying whatever in tongues. And then we <laughs> we went to the place, and they started doing worship. And the whole time, they weren't in one side of the thing. There were like these benches and these tables. Yeah, that. And <laughs> we went, and I went to the other side where there was these tables that nobody was in. And I started going in the line, and I was naming these angels. I knew what I was doing then. I was like, okay, that, that's an army of angels, and I'm naming them. Because they were, they were uh, getting prepared to go to battle. So I was just naming each one of them in tongues, and I was going through each one. And then they're like, all these angels were coming, like, it was a huge army, like, you couldn't see the end of it. And then I figured out they were angels, because they were little angels. They are like this big, little baby angels. And, and then I was like, okay, they're little angels, that's weird. But then we had worship, and then when they were worshiping, I just, I went in and I worshiped with them. But then there was this, like, one table that was outside, and there was this bench, like a picnic table, and I went out there by myself, and I sit down, and I start talking to this little angel that's sitting beside me, and I'm just, like, talking to it, and, like, people look at me, and they're like, what is she doing? Because they can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, they just think I'm talking to myself or, like, to my imaginary friend or something, because <laughs> I'm just sitting there talking to this whatever. So I was sitting there talking to it, and then as I was talking to it, I was still speaking in tongues, and but I knew what I was saying, and I knew what it was saying, even though it wasn't speaking English, but I could understand it then. And then I started telling it my story, and the story of my life, and how I came from Brazil, and how God changed my life. And then the angel started telling me its story, and it was like, well, we, like all these angels that are here, these little angels, we were the angels that were assigned to those babies. But we never got to do our job because those babies were killed. So we this works. So we had to go back to heaven because there was nothing for us to do anymore because they were killed. But now God sent us back to fight for those babies and to join you guys like an army. Okay. So Hi. Uh, okay. So they were going to join us like as an army and then i figured out what i was doing and then right then when he said that and i understood what was going on then i started speaking english again and i came in and i told them what was going on and they're like oh that's what you were doing okay i just thought you were going crazy over there so that was like one of the most intense things because i actually understood was what was going on and so i was like okay i'm crazy i look weird everybody probably thinks i'm like i don't know so that was just a really cool experience for me because even though you don't understand it, sometimes it's still good to do what God puts in your heart because it means something. And that day it released something in heaven. It released the army of angels to come down when I was naming the leaders of the angels. The whole army came down even though I didn't know what I was doing and even though I looked weird and I was talking to these things that nobody saw. It released something in heaven and that's what intercession does. It releases things in yes. heaven to come down to earth for the kingdom of God to come down to earth and to just change everything so. yeah i wanted to share one thing is that th my perspective that was a good story uh, i really like that story because i remember being there and the screaming and like i was saying before how annoying it was and yet you don't want to shut down the spirit of god when you don't know and uh at this, if, if until you know yes okay and then discerning of spirits and you go and you can discern and and either shut it down or say yes this is this is of god and that takes spiritual authority, and that's what your leaders are in charge of. Um, and that's why you, you should be subject to them. Because Eric said, I don't want to, if I would rather let this go on longer 
and then shut it down once I find it's not God, then to stop it and it be God. And I halt the hand of God. He said, who am I to do that? And he can leave. He'll just leave. So when we heard that story, I remember being there and they were sharing it. We weren't at the meeting, but they shared it the next time we met for church or for whip. And I remember just it breaking my heart because it made sense then. Like before the screaming was just annoying, but then I was, I actually, it just, it, it just really gripped me because I was like, man, they're interceding for these babies. And I'm so glad we didn't shut it down. I'm so glad, even though it hurt my ears, I didn't, we didn't like try to stop it or, or, or even discourage it because that it was a process. It took a couple weeks and it was a painful process. We suffered through it. My wife was like, why are they doing that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but, and, and it even, there was even a couple people that kind of got offended and left the church. But how powerful is it when God is doing something and you let that happen and, and then you get the revelation of it later? That, that's life-changing. Daniel didn't understand that he didn't get anything from God right away. And he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And on that day, the angel broke through because he sent Michael to fight on Gabriel's behalf. And when Gabriel came down and said, because of your words, I've come. And the first day you spoke, I was released. But then I came across a battle in heaven against the prince of Persia. And only today am I released because Michael, God released Michael to come and fight for us so that I could come bring you this message. But now I got to go. And, and back to the battle. So it was like, I give you the, the, and you know what? He prophesied. He gave him a message, sealed it up in a book, and that message is for us now. That's powerful. It, it went past Christ into this time. He was actually prophesying, and the words that he gave were actually for us now. And that's why Jesus said, remember um, when Daniel talked about the uh, abomination of desolation, read that and you'll know what the end times are. So he's actually uh, speaking about what Daniel said, and he said, now he's speaking to you guys now. And that's really a lot of what intercession is, with IHOP birth, and when, with what's going on now with the call. We might show a video later of uh, the call, just so you guys can get a little picture of what um, is going on worldwide. Um, literally millions of Christians right now are fasting and praying and interceding for, for, this, uh, for America to, to remarry God, really. That's all birthed in intercession, 40 days of intercession. It's been a whole lot longer for some people. It's been, for the, for the people that God has put this on their heart, that is their mission in life. But it's a call. God is, speaks to a person, and then they make it known to the people. And the people that feel that burden because they recognize authority on a, on, on a mantle, on a man or a woman of God, and they say, I'm going to do what this person is doing because I believe what they, their report. I believe their report. And I would encourage you to believe the report. And if you do, let it change your heart. It might seem intense because you guys are, oh, I'm just in high school. What can I do? But the, the armies of God are, are is going to, it's a youth revival. It's something that's happening in your age group. Check. I want to share a story that, that actually goes right along with what they're talking about. Um, there's a church in California um, called Bethel, and one of the pastors there, his name is Chris Vallotton, and he tells, he had a vision where he actually went up to the throne of God, and at first they were just there, him and God were there, and then all of a sudden God 
turns his head sideways and bends it down to the earth in this vision. And Chris follows him and does that with him. And all of a sudden, Chris, it gets louder and louder the closer they get to the earth. And they hear this shrieking, piercing sound, probably exactly like those girls sounded like. And it was the cries of all of the babies that had been murdered. It is murder. It's not abortion. It's murder. You're killing a human life. And you, God, God was having a conversation with Chris. And I don't remember all the details, but the basic point was who is going to do something about this, okay? Now, there are people that go to the extreme and do the wrong thing. They get guns and kill abortion doctors, okay? I'm not going to debate whether that's right or wrong, okay? I personally wouldn't go kill somebody, okay? But killing babies is not good. So we all have opportunities, and it, whether, it's, whether, it's, whether it's getting involved in the life campaign and wearing the duct tape on our mouth with the word life on it, or whether it's interceding where we're really changing things in a spiritual atmosphere, it, the point is we can, we can do something. But I wanted to share that because that was kind of neat. I'd never heard anything about that before but the connection between Chris's dream. And at the end of this week, I'm going to make a rec some recordings available of all this stuff for you guys, and then I'll also point you to some other stuff that's available online for free that kind of goes along the lines of the stuff that we're talking about. Um, and that's all I had to say about that. Um, my faith, I'm actually Catholic, and I know you might, might, guys might think like Catholics are boring and they don't do anything, but they've came a long way, and I have a, I have a, a lot of respect for them. And I used to dread, and yeah, but I, after that conference, it kind of just changed my whole view. And and the Catholics are all pro-life. And Brianna bought this shirt, and it was um, Mother Teresa said, "It is a shame that you have to take someone's life so that you may live as you wish." And you like the babies can't do anything, and that's like us, like the people with God's guidance and help. That's what's gonna change it, and like, and I think that's a one like awesome what what happened to you guys, and I think that like it's it's the people with God behind us, like backing us up, that's gonna change everything. Um, I she reminded me of something. Um, I will find the verse and read it to you later tonight. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. I have my different Bible with me today. It doesn't have all my references. But I used to think that the, the whole concept of babies having angels was just some fairy tale that people made up. But Jesus, when the children came to him and the disciples were telling them, go away, go away, don't bother him, Jesus said, do you not know that the angels of these children are in the very presence of God? They are before the face of God. So there are angels assigned to protect each one of us, and um, so it's not just some cute little fairy tale that people have, you know, and I, I'm one of these people that think that it, the angels are definitely not the little fat cupids with bows. I mean, that's a deception to make us think they're weak and stupid. Uh, when you read about the, the, the descriptions of some of the angels in the Bible, they um, actually sound more like demons if you would compare them to movies than they do angels because they're like flaming fiery things and they have swords and seven eyes and ten heads and it's just it's ridiculous they have the face of a man and the you know the, they're all like a morphing of different uh, things on the earth and things in heaven and so angels are very powerful but I always thought it was just like this cute little fairy tale people told each other to feel good about their kids being protected by mystical angels but they really are yeah. it's in Matthew somewhere and I'll find it for you guys yeah along with that too like Eric was having a hard time with the theology of it because I've never read in the Bible where there's a, a small angel. So when she's talking about these small angels, she's like, 
okay and he's really having a hard time like weighing this out like how accurate is this is this really the holy spirit and then he was he as as it became it was more like a symbolic um almost like a symbolic vision of these angels in reality are huge and strong and powerful but um the way she was viewing them it was it, it was a uh, a palatable or able to be understood that it was almost like a, a symbolic um, Dora knows where it is. She brought her Bible up to me. It says, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. So that was a real comforting thing when Judy and Andrew shared with that, that with me a few years ago for Ethan. All right. Does anybody have any other questions? I know we've kind of hopped all over the place, but it's really awesome when we start listening to God. And I want to say this, okay? Um, just because it's weird doesn't mean it's God, all right? So, like, I, I don't want you guys to start hearing all these stories and then just think that, okay, we'll be weird and everybody will think it's God. I, I really want to cultivate an attitude of listening first, okay? Because Jesus did not do anything that he did not first hear from the Father. He didn't say anything that he didn't first hear from the Father. And these stories are great and very inspiring, and I don't want to um, quench what you guys may feel. But at the same point, I don't want to cultivate an attitude of, well, let's just be weird, and then everybody will think we're listening to God, okay? It's very important that we listen first because we can easily go off into confusion and error, and that's, that's why it's important to have leadership that you're willing to submit to and listen to. So we definitely want this fire, and we want to have experiences like that because that is God s trusting us with things. It's the endorsement of heaven on our walk, and it, when we start getting those revelations and interpretations, we'll have more passion to move forward, and we'll be able to make things happen, because God has handed the, the authority to us. Anything else? All right, thank you guys. You've been very attentive.